Uh, guys, what a fantastic thing to see is, you know, that uh, the kids talking about what they do here, the youth saying what is going on, and uh, Linda did a, a fantastic job saying, uh, you know, all the perks you get when you join these teams. Uh, but something I would like to add is like, uh, just to say that this is a, this is a missional field, right? And what we do is actually we share the gospel with all of these kids. And the parents here were saying, oh, it would be fantastic to see them later on getting baptized and being engaged with Jesus and all of the kind of things. So that's what we do. So uh, we have plenty of opportunity for all of you to join these two teams, the kids team and the, and the youth team, so you can be part of that. Moses said to, the, to his people, we need to share the word and pass the word generation after generations, and that's what we do week after week here. All right, so think about it, and uh, yeah, just let know, Linda, you want to join the team later on. Open your Bibles. We're going to be looking at uh, the book of John this morning. We're going to continue in the series that we have started a few weeks ago, uh, the book of John. We're going to be reading uh, verse by verse this morning, so keep your Bibles open uh, so you can help me. Uh, you can read and follow what I'm going to say. Uh, Vicky, you were, you were mentioning this. I, I, I don't have any escape this morning. I need to use my glasses. Oh, my goodness. There you go. Last week... I hurt my shoulder really, really badly. And uh, some of you actually saw me, if you remember that, Steve. And, uh, you know, the, I, couldn't, I couldn't lift my shoulder, and, I, and it was really, really painful. So I think I'm just going to leave the bench press to Liam. Uh, I think that's for the youth, not for myself. I'm going to stop doing that. Uh, but that got me thinking about the, the text that we're going to be looking at this morning. And uh, it was so, so uncomfortable. I couldn't, you know, take my phone out of the pocket because I was in pain. I couldn't do my, my shoes. We were in the train, and I, I couldn't even lift my arm to hold the train. It was, I couldn't even pick up my baby Liam during the week. <laughs> it, was, it was really difficult. But, you know, yeah, that just got me thinking that it's just a little thing, and it's, it produces us, you know, misery and impatience, and uh, so I was, when I was preparing the, the, the preacher, I was thinking, God, I, don't, I still don't have the introduction, but he gave me the introduction at the gym last Sunday, right? So, guys, that is nothing, absolutely nothing to what we're going to see here in chapter 5 in John. Absolutely nothing. A man that has been lying on the floor for many, many years, not being able to move an inch. And that's what we're going to be looking at. So let's close our eyes and let's pray. Lord, uh, just help us to understand your word. Help us to receive what you have for us today. Help me to um, look, uh, just, just say the right words as well, that your words uh, could be a blessing for the rest of the congregation. Open our spiritual ears and uh, just make, help us to concentrate and focus in, in, in you uh, this morning. Amen. Okay, let's, let's read together. We're going to read from 1 to 15 um, all together, and then we're going to be um, going one verse by, by another. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, 
in which, is, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number or crowd of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been in invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you, can, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured, and he picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had, who had been healed, sorry, is this, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick up your mat, to pick up your mat and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who he was. For Jesus, you know, has slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Um, so, is... Um, interesting in the in Spanish translations. We're going to read verse uh, 1, but I, I like it uh, that in the, in the Spanish translation, the number one, uh, the verse says, después de estas cosas, which means um, after all these things. I think I, I, I like that, that version, um, and I recommend to all of you to read the Bible in Spanish. If you, yeah, it's really good. But I like it because, uh, you know, it introduces the text like, uh, what things? After all these things, but what things? Well, we've been uh, following Jesus for a while now in the book of John, and we've seen that he's been doing all sorts of different miracles and meeting with all sorts of different people. So it's after all of that, the water into wine, the encounter with Nicodemus. Last week we were looking at the encounter with the Samaritan woman and how he can satisfy that thirst that we have and uh, at the end of chapter 4, we see a noble man as well coming to Jesus when he's a uh, Galilee, and uh, he's just saying, can you, please, Jesus, can you please come? Come, and my son is actually dying. Can you come and heal him? And Jesus, and Jesus says to him, you, you, you know, just go. Your son will leave. And he, Jesus sends his word, and the son leaves, and it's another miracle produced. So the word of Jesus carries Lots of power. So after all of these things, we are here back in Jerusalem. And we're going to read now in English. In verse uh, 1 says, Sometime later. Okay, after all of these things and sometime later. Now, the passage... Oh, sorry, just close my, close my Bible. We're going to be reading... Verse, verse 1. There you go. So the passage says that there was a festival. Something later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. 
Okay, what festival was it? We don't really know. We don't really know what festival it was. Some people, some commentators said that probably was the Passover. But you know the Jews, uh, these people really like their festivals. So they had lots of them, and we don't know which one it was. It. But the text doesn't know. But in relation to what we're going to be looking at here, really knowing what festival it was, it, it doesn't matter. Jesus, as a good Jew... He went up to Jerusalem. He wanted to be part of the celebration. He wanted to be there. And if you notice now, from time to time, Jesus has been traveling a lot. Galilee, Jerusalem, Galilee, Jerusalem. So he's back here. He, he, he used to like to walk between these two places. So, but what is important here is to see the place where Jesus is going to in Jerusalem. Let's read verse number two. It says, Now there is in Jerusalem, near the sheep gate, a pool, which is called Bethesda. And um, in Jerusalem, you know, Jerusalem had, used to have a wall with lots of different entrances. And this one is called the sheep gate. Because everybody used to bring all the sheep through this, uh, into Jerusalem through this door. And they used to bring the sheep that they were going to, you know, offer as a sacrifice at the temple. So is it not amazing to think about the, uh, uh, something? That Jesus, which is the Lamb of God, the Lamb that is going to be the ultimate sacrifice for all our sins, and He's going to die for us, actually went through the sheep gates. Just a little detail. This place was busy. It was busy in a normal day. But imagine when the festival was happening, probably there was more people coming in. So, because of that, you know, this place was absolutely crowded. And the type of people that who, were in, who was there in this pool were people in critical conditions. Blind, deaf, paralyzed, people in great need. Now, the word Bethesda catches my attention. The word Bethesda means house of grace, house of mercy. And that is without a doubt what we're going to be, what we're going to see in this text this morning, in this story. The grace of God in a place full of people in great need, full of sick people. You know, God's grace always reaches out for the people that is most in need. Remember that. Grace is like water, and in its course, it goes, you know, seeks for the lowest parts to bring refreshments to the dry and to the neediest people. This morning we were praying in that corner, and someone actually brought this word, and he said, Lord, we want for all the dryness to be actually refreshed, which is really good. The vile and the spice is what God chooses, is what God refreshes. So let's read verse number three. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. It was a crowd the place was full, and they were pushing each other, probably, oh, just, just move around. And all of these people were, you know, powerless. They couldn't do anything for themselves. They didn't have the strength to help themselves. People in tremendous misery, just lying on the floor. Probably, uh, you've you never seen this, but uh, uh, I've seen it firsthand. In, in, in Honduras, you go to the hospitals, there is no... a a really good healthcare system over there. Um, and you go to the hospital and everybody is just lying on the floor. Uh, some of them dying because there is no doctors, there is no medicine. 
Some beds have three or four people on top. So it's absolutely horrible. And this is the picture I want you to have in your mind. It was a place like this with lots of people around, and they couldn't do anything for themselves. So this place was lots of pain, not a really nice place, probably was not part of the tour of the city. I guess no one would say, look, and here we got the fantastic pool of Bethesda. No one wanted to go there. Even the people that were there, you know, they were not there because it was a nice place and they wanted to be hanging around with friends. It was a, not a nice place. But this is the place where Jesus wants to go. This is the place where Jesus wants to go. Let's read in verse 4. And he says that they waited the moving of the water. Oh, as you may notice, there is no verse 4 in your Bible. All right? So, I'm going to explain you a little bit. In the, some of the notes in your Bibles has a note and uh, some translations of the Bible actually omit this. But number four says that all of these people that were there, they were waiting for something to happen. And what was this thing that they were waiting for to happen? It was the movement on the water in this pool. And they, actually, you know, they thought that well, there was an angel coming down, the angel was stirring the water, and they, uh, the first one you know, to go into the water was going to be healed of anything any disease that they had, okay? So this is what they believed. Maybe the story just got around and people were coming from all over the place and they were waiting for this to happen. It's very likely as well that the movement of the water was produced by an underground spring outbreak. And suddenly, you know, there were lots of bubbles and the people that were there, you know, were thinking, oh, we cannot see the angel, but it's there, so let's go in. There was an angel, was not an angel, we don't know. But the fact is that these hundreds of people around the pool were de desperately seeking to be healed. But there is one man, there's one man in this pool who is going to experience something absolutely incredible. Let's read in verse 5. One who was there had been invalid, invalid for 38 years. Imagine, Jesus wasn't even born, and this man was already ill. I cannot imagine. I, I spent like four days with, a, with some pain in my shoulder. I cannot imagine. It was horrible. I cannot imagine what it was to be ill for 38 years. He couldn't get up because he was paralyzed. Not necessarily he was 38 years next to the pool, but he has been ill for 38 years. And it's really sad that this man lying there you know, at the house of mercy, at the house of grace, he didn't know what real grace and what real mercy was. I don't know how many people were in this place that day, but it really struck me that Jesus appears in that place, and he's walking up all, all of these people, you know, because it was crowded, probably just uh, trying not to hit someone. But he's just walking there, and he goes particularly to this man, and we read in verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying in there and learned that he had been in his condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? So Jesus knew that he had been there for a long time. Um, the Bible says learned, and some uh, commentaries said that, uh, you know, this, this word 
uh, could mean a couple of things. It could be that he supernaturally knew that, well, he was Jesus, absolutely, he supernaturally knew what was going on with this man. But he could see his condition as well, and you just imagine, imagine these guys in the, in the floor, the condition that this, was, in this man was. Probably not being able to bath, not being able to take care of himself, not being able to eat well, begging in a condition of total misery. But Jesus sees him. Jesus sees him amongst all the people there and asks him a question. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? No one had ever bothered to help this man in this place. Of course, all the people around were waiting for the moment, right? Their chance. No one actually had the time or the willingness to help him. Would have been nice if uh, all the people around there, you think, would have said, hey, 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 guys, you know, this poor guy has been 38 years lying there. What if the next time the water moves, we all stay quiet, we all stay still, and we let the guy in? Shh, stay still, just let him pass. That would have been nice. But no one actually, that, that's a little bit ridiculous. No one would actually do that. Because they were all there, you know, trying to be healed. So imagine how uh, when, when the water moves, and everybody, you know, it was like a war. Everybody just running. Everybody just shouting, pushing each other, and just trying to get into the water. Probably loads of them fall into the water at the same time, trying to look for this miracle. And he was there just looking around, no one helping him. It must have been heartbreaking for him every single time. But suddenly Jesus approaches him and looks at him. And he says, do you want to get well? Do you want to get healthy? It's uh, an interesting question, isn't it? Is the, the poor guy has been 38 years ill, lying in there. And if someone asks, do you want to get well? Well, you, thought, you would have thought, oh, that's a, you don't ask that kind of questions. But Jesus, you know, it's a very valid question. And he, he could have answered this question in different ways. You couldn't blame this man if he says, well, of course. What do you think I'm here? Do you really think I like this place? I don't like it. But I want to be healthy. That's why I'm here. That could have been one, one way. The other one is like, uh, you know, we, we just, Jesus was just checking if he was willing. Interestingly enough, I don't know um, if you know people that they're suffering for something. And they're sick, but they don't want to get out of that situation. They want to, to maintain the status quo and, you know, to manipulate emotionally some people around them. And they're just content with the situation they are, and they don't want to get out of that situation. And I know it sounds a little bit hard, but there are some people like that. So this guy could have said to Jesus, you know what? I'm okay. Don't worry. So this is a very valid, valid question that Jesus is asking. And this is a very valid question for this man, and it's a valid question for us today. Think about this. Do you want to get well? Do you want things to change in your life? Perhaps Jesus could be asking you that today. Perhaps this question is really challenging your faith now. This question that Jesus asks us is, you know, to challenge to trust God in a way that you never had before. Jesus can get you out of the condition you're in. And maybe that's why today is telling you, hey, you really want to be transformed. Do you really want to get well? Do you really want things to change? 
What was the response of this man? I, I don't think it was any of the, the two I just said before. Let's read verse 7. Sir, the man said, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. So the, 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 the response was different. Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? And he said, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water stirred. While I go, someone already beat me. All that get in before me. I mean, I do want to, but it's impossible. I mean, things around here in this pool are not easy. I must there get before everybody else when the water moves. And only if someone takes me before, you know, everyone else. And how many do you think, how many people do you think want to help me? None. Everyone is watching for their own. Do you want to help me with that? Stay with me. Next time the water moves, help me to get there first. Let me be one of the winners. But the man responds, tells us something. Does he want to get well? Well, I don't have anyone to put me in the pool. That's a weird answer, isn't it? So let's meditate a little bit about what he's, is going on in his head. It makes me think that sometimes, sorry, is, is the man, if you ask this man, hey, my friend, how would you tell um, you know, uh, what is your need? What is your need? And he would tell you, my, my needs, my real need is to get into the water before everybody else. That's what I need. Do you think that was his real need? No, that was not his real need. His need was to be healed of his affliction. But he couldn't think of something else or another way that this could happen. If they don't take me there... I cannot be healed. If I don't touch that water, I cannot be healed. No choice. That or nothing. So think about how many times you and I sometimes put God in a box. This is the way. This is the only way you can do things, God. God, if, not, if nothing like that, nothing will happen. How many times you and I have needs and we think that only according to what I've been told, what I understand, what I believe, things can change. And just leave me, give me a couple of examples. Money. We were talking about money a few weeks ago with, with Rigby. And uh, sometimes it happened, I think it has happened to all of us that work, that the truth is, you, you know, if I had some more money, my life, my life would be much easier. I wouldn't have the stress I have. I, couldn't, I could pay my, all my debts. I would live a peaceful life. I wouldn't be stressed. I wouldn't be depressed. I wouldn't be in a bad mood. But we don't realize sometimes what we, don't, what we need is not money. Maybe we're looking for peace, tranquility, security, contentment. So what if I tell you that there is a better way to find all of those things without you having more money in your bank account? Perhaps another one that says, oh, I've got plenty. I'm wealthy enough. But what I need really is, you know, a relationship, a spouse. For the young people, uh, you know, if I, 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 I actually befriend that guy, oh, then I'll be okay. My need will be gone. But what we're really looking for is not a spouse, not a relationship, not a new friendship. It's love and acceptance. That's what we're looking for. And there is a way to be loved and accepted without having all of these things. Perhaps the problem is a purpose problem as well. 
And you think that the only way to find purpose, satisfaction, fulfillment, meaning in this life, if we, we manage to have an important job, to be someone really important, to achieve that position that others have, a well-placed professional career. But it's not what we need. We can find satisfaction, fulfillment, and meaning in life in other ways. John was saying this last, last week. The woman was satisfied in a different way, not with the water that was at the well. It's only in Jesus, only in Jesus that we can find all of this. He can make you feel so complete, so satisfied that we, you don't feel the need for anything else. And don't get me wrong, don't hear the wrong thing here, okay? It's not like God doesn't want you to have all of these things, you to marry or have good friendships or have all the resources you want, or you're a good career. Absolutely, God wants to give you all of that, to you, to me. But he has a much better way to meet all the needs that we have. Stability, security, acceptance, love, purpose, satisfaction, all of those things that we are deeply seeking. So the man replies, you know, I don't have anyone. I, I don't have no one to put me in the pool when the water is agitated. Well, I'm going someone descends before me. I'm trying, Jesus. I'm trying. And Jesus, I love it. In verse 8, let's go to verse 8. It says, then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured and he pick up, picked up his mat and walked. And this man you know, could have answered if there was a, another answer. I can't. Well, I can't. If I could do that, I wouldn't be here. Can you not see that I'm paralyzed? I cannot take my bed. I cannot stand, let alone walk. Mister, out of the three things you had asked me now, I cannot do even one. You had asked me for something that is impossible. But there was something inside this man that led him not to say that, and I'm glad he didn't. But he, you know, he simply responded to what God was saying, to what Jesus was saying at the time. Something led him to think, although it's impossible for me to do that, although it's impossible for me what this man is asking me to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to get up, take my bed, and walk. Although he's been ill for 38 years, muscles, nerves, tendons, all of it, absolutely, you know, useless. Even though he tried and he wanted to do all of these three things. When I was uh, preparing for this and reading all of this, I could, uh, I could imagine, you know, it's, sometimes when you uh, just get presented with these kind of things, you have an internal struggle. And I was thinking about what, this was an immediate miracle, but I was thinking that in those seconds when these things were happening and Jesus was saying, come on, get up, probably there was this internal struggle in the mind of this, this man. Probably he was asking himself, oh my goodness, is, is he making fun of me? Well, no, Jesus doesn't make fun of anyone. But he will probably, he was saying all of that. He's been 38 years there. Okay, if this man who looks like someone special, what he's telling me, you know, is this man for real? Can I try it? 
And in one hand, this belief saying, you know, why are you trying? You're going to make a fool of yourself again. Forget it. You already know that the only way to be healed is to go into that water. That's how things work around here. Don't try anything else. This belief saying, hey, you know what? That mat has carried you for 38 years. But faith, in the other hand, saying, it's time for you now to carry that mat. And this struggle, you know, uh, just was going on in, in, his, in his mind. I don't know if you, it has ever happened to you, this internal struggle. Some of you today, for example, could be experiencing this. Between believing God or simply saying, nothing is going to happen, I know. All that man had to do was to re respond in faith to what Jesus told him. I love seeing that because this man was some kind of special. No, he wasn't. Do we know that this guy was a good man? No, we don't know. We, we read in verses uh, later on that actually he got Jesus into trouble later on. So he doesn't have a profile of a brave, of a brilliant you know, type of, of man. He wasn't even looking for Jesus. Did this guy have a little bit of hope? Well, maybe, yes, because he was there next to the pool. So probably he has a little bit of hope, but he had it in the wrong, in the wrong place. Do you want to get well? He says, I have no one to take me. So the initiative was taken by the Lord Jesus, the house of grace, the house, the house, the God of grace, working grace in the life of a person. And the grace has an emphasis on the one who gives it, never on the one who receives it. So he didn't deserve Jesus to come near. However, Jesus approaches him, speaks to him, challenges his faith. And what does this man do? Just put a simple, you know, simple faith in Jesus, what Jesus said. Despite his condition, he just said, okay, he didn't even know he needed Jesus. He didn't know him. Jesus came to him. It's amazing how this, you know, didn't have the ability to even win his healing, the miracle. He couldn't. He couldn't go to the water. He was completely helpless. And Jesus doesn't say, hey, come on, try harder, roll faster into the water. Jesus doesn't say that. He comes and says, do you want to get well? Well, I can't. Exactly. You can't. Be healthy. And in his love, he spoke to his life. He tells him, get up, take your bed, and walk. In verse 9, we see that this man was healed, took up his bed and walked. This man decided to believe Jesus and decided that, that at that very moment to send a signal from his brain to his feet once more. Do you think that he tried to do that before? Yes, he tried, but he couldn't do it. But he sends at that moment a signal from the brain to his feet and start walking. One step, another step, and he began to move. He didn't have the ability before. But Jesus was able to do in him what he couldn't do by himself. And I like that he doesn't start arguing. He just did it. And this is the only thing that God wants from you and me. God is telling you to do something that seems impossible, that you are and have been able to do it. On and His words, you can do it. Because He's telling you, Jesus' words carry divine power. There is power in Jesus' words. Hallelujah. Along with the command, God gives you the ability to do what is commanded, to do what He asks you for. 
As I told you, he tried to walk before, but since the Lord was now commanding him to do it, now he was going to be able to do it. So the question is very simple. What things is the Lord asking you and me to do? Which perhaps out of this belief, you haven't been able to do for years. Now Jesus is asking you in this season for some new dynamic. Do you think you'll be able to do it? Well, in your strength, definitely not. But in his words, absolutely yes. Get up, take your bed, and walk. Along with the command, God gives you the strength to do it. And so Jesus is in charge of bringing new life into this former paralytic. The healing was, you know, that he was seeking for so long with his grace, Jesus. With his love, Jesus. With his power, Jesus does it. So Bethesda, the house of grace witnesses the grace of Jesus at that moment. So it's important that you and I think about this today. We were saying, we were saying that probably hundreds of people in that place were just scattered all over. And the, the text doesn't actually tell us that these people were all there watching at what Jesus was doing. Probably people were just looking at the water. No one was paying attention to Jesus. Everyone was looking at the water, and Jesus approaches this man. What do you think it would have happened if in this place, at that moment, where hundreds of people, sick and needy, someone has asked for help to Jesus? Someone approaching, just, just out there, looking at what he was doing. You know, I, hey, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, to the water. I don't know what's up with it. I don't know if it's going to move or not. But I see that the Son of God is here, and He's the one that who can heal me. What do you think? Jesus would have told them, no, I'm not in the mood right now. I'm sorry, the environment is too ugly. Well, no. I don't feel like healing anyone else this at the moment. But I, I believe that Jesus would have healed some other if someone would have said, you, the Son of God, please help me. There are texts that we see Jesus healing lots of people. And many times. No one approached Jesus, okay? Because all the people were waiting for the movement of the water, putting their hope in the wrong place and hoping to receive something from where there was nothing, ignoring the Savior, the only one that could heal them. And he was in the middle of them. Jesus went unnoticed. So many people in need looking at the wrong place, at that pool, and Jesus there standing in the middle. And this is a very graphic image, if you think about it, about our lives. How many times we are in a difficulty and we need God to move in our life and instead, we're looking, uh, instead of looking at Jesus, turn to Him and uh, go to Him, we're watching and waiting for what the world it says is the solution. Waiting for the water to move. Some movement in the circumstances, some movement in the government, in the economy, in the work, in the individually, in relationships. When it moves, things are going to change, but things never happen. We're just there waiting, and the years go by, waiting for something to move, and nothing ever happened. How easy it is to put our eyes in the wrong place. But Jesus is walking among us today, and what we need is Him. So please, don't stay waiting next to the pool of Bethesda. Better respond to Him. He wants to approach you. He's actually here approaching you. You know what's more, even if the solution was, you know, would have been to enter in that pool, 
The poor guy, this, this paralytic, the man couldn't even get there. He couldn't move an inch. Sometimes we're setting our eyes on something that we cannot reach. We are unable to obtain it. And that's why Jesus needs to come to us and address us in the same way that he did with this man. And the good news is that he's here today and he wants to approach you. Are you waiting for something? Perhaps you need a space. You know, you're not calm, you're restless. The peace is not there in the water, it's in Jesus. You need restoration, restoration of your life, your marriage, your friendships, your relationships, your mind, physical restoration. And you're looking at the water, it's not there in that pool, it's in Jesus. Whatever you, you need is, the solution is not there. The only capable of changing everything, once and for all, is Jesus. And he comes today. He just asks you this question. Do you want to get well? Do you really want to get up, take your bed and walk? If you haven't said yes to Jesus, if you're just exploring, Jesus is here today. And he wants to meet you. If you have some struggles, you, you know, there's a fight in your mind, just believe. He wants to give you a new life. He wants to restore your life. You just need to trust and believe that he can. If you are here and you're already a Christian, well, and you have put your eyes on something else, just remember to bring your eyes back to Jesus. He's the one that can give you what you need. In Christ, just to finish now, in Christ, in his word, by his grace, we find all that you need and I need to be able to live a life that glorifies him and to be able to live a life that moves forward, work forward, and leave behind all misery and pain. Where are you putting your eyes? Where are you putting your hope? Jesus is all what you need. He's the bread of life, the good shepherd. He's the way, the truth, the life, the light of the world. He's our savior. Jesus, he is all you need. Shall we pray? Lord, thank you for reminding us one more time that it's only in you that we find hope. It's only in you that we find salvation. It's only in you that we find rest and peace. Forgive us if we have been looking for all of these things uh, in other places, putting our hope in other places and not in you. Lord, no more of that. Today, we know that you come to meet us. You challenge our faith and invite us to move forward. You invite us to leave behind all our pain, to get up and walk hand in hand with you. Amen.